Welcome everyone. Welcome to our first ever episode of Public Discourse. This is a podcast that we created. My name is Sancho. I'm uh, we have here Ricardo and Audrey. So we decided to create this podcast from a public from the word public discourse because what we're going to be doing is discourse, which is Merriam-Webster dictionary defines as a verbal interchange of ideas or a formal formal and orderly and usually extended expression of thought on a subject and a mode of organizing knowledge, ideas, or experience that is rooted in language and its concrete context. So basically how we're going to do it is we're just, each episode, we're going to start with a theme, with a topic, and then we'll start doing discourse in it. We'll just start talking about it, exchange ideas, and hopefully whoever's listening to this podcast will find it entertaining and fun and informative. So we decided it called public discourse because it's going to be public. We're going to be uploading it on this thing called the internet that was invented in the 1990s or 1800s. I don't know. But it will be somewhere in that internet thing. Whatever platform you're listening this for. So for, to start, we've decided to have some introductions because this is our first ever podcast. My name is uh, Sancho Jacinto. A little background to myself. I was born and raised in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually U.S.-based. We're both. We're all of us are in the United States, in the around the Washington D.C. area. So I moved here in 2009 when I was 17. I've uh, a lot of experience in life, and a lot of some of my expertise and like hobbies and likes. I love sports. I I'm a big uh, San Antonio Spurs fan in basketball and the NBA and in the NFL. Uh, I'm a big New England Patriots fan. Now you guys can hate me now for saying that. And I wasn't really following other sports, but I love boxing, which is, you know, being Filipino, I'm a big Manny Pacquiao fan. And also, I also like other boxers, like even Mayweather, actually a big fan of him as well. But, you know, I was, uh, I work as a server. I have experience uh, working in a community college in an office. I've also worked as five years as an immigration paralegal. So I have some experience in that. And I work as in a, in a marketing firm. Uh, and eventually, I uh, I work as an accountant now. So I can, you know, in the business world, that is something that I can share and have different perspectives and experiences in my life. So that's where I'm coming from. That's, that's who I am. So now I'm going to pass it over to our next host of the public discourse. The name is Ricardo. Hi, everyone. I'm Ricardo. Uh, so like Sancho said, based out here in, in the D.C. area, um, I am a son of two immigrants. Uh, my dad's from El Salvador and my mom's from Dominican Republic. So and I was born in the United States when they uh, met uh, shortly after they immigrated here, actually. So I have that perspective. Uh, a lot of my background uh in terms of work, I I worked a lot in their stores, and uh, they had they had several businesses growing up. Um, whether it was owning houses or owning stores, and I worked a lot there. Then eventually moved into uh, the accounting world where I currently work. Um, yeah, born here in America, uh, grew up in a poor side, and then was fortunate enough to live in a suburb. So I've gotten to see. I've gotten to see a lot of different types of people, and I've been fortunate enough to uh, kind of see, kind of grow up in this area where I've seen different sides of the world, or both sides of the uh, of the world, being either po- in poverty or uh, in, in decent level of affluence. So, uh, yeah, and so I'm gonna pass it on to Audrey. Hi everyone, um, I'm Audrey. I am Franco-American and. I've lived in France my whole life. Um, There I studied international relations and studied languages. So I'm fluent in three different languages, English, uh, French, and Spanish. Um, I moved in the DC area a few months ago um, to start working in the nonprofit sector in uh, in DC. And uh, my hobbies include traveling, hiking, exploring new places, all of that great stuff. So that's me all right thank you ricardo and audrey my name is sancho again so that was just a brief introduction 
for who was listening. So you know who we are. We'll probably talk more about ourselves throughout the series of our podcast in the future. So just a time check right now is July 25, 2020, 8.48 p.m. We are in the middle of a COVID pandemic. So if we listen to this again years later, just remember that there was a time when businesses are dead, everything is closed, and people are dying. And everyone's assuming that we're on the brink of economics collapse. So yes. that's what we're looking forward to in 2020. Yeah, so well, hopefully, hopefully the future when it will be in a better Did better you guys – hold on, hold on. This yeah. is how crazy this COVID situation is. For the people in the future when we inevitably forget this, at this point in time, I like two days ago read that – not two days ago. It was probably within the last couple of days though. I read that the NSA confirmed that uh, foreign – vehicles that were not made on earth has crashed on earth they have officially confirmed that um and that is totally being lost in the fact that we're uh we're in this covid pandemic so there's no way i didn't see that you didn't see that i'm pretty sure i saw that (laughs) i really hope i didn't read some bullshit while i was uh sitting on a toilet and didn't recognize it for what it was wait did you say foreign vehicles not made on earth in other words ufos UFOs, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a thing too. Like that's that's actually a side plot during this whole issue. We also have a giant murder hornets that uh, I think it's a filler <laughs> episode that nothing happened there. But yeah, it's been interesting how how the this time called 2020 has been uh has been written by by God. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of scary stuff happening. Yes. So. Back to our public discourse, so just a little bit of context. So when we're recording this very first episode, historic episode of public discourse, but we so today we want to talk about immigration. So that's kind of like a theme that we chose, especially from our intros. We all have different backgrounds, like coming from me, you know, as as an immigrant himself uh, from the Philippines. I was 17 when I moved here. I still have a lot of strong ties in the Philippines, you know, and yeah have like expertise in two countries i feel like i'm filipino and i'm recently become a u.s citizen become an american and we have ricardo here son of immigrants who's basically like an american because he was born and raised here and we have a kind of yeah and we have audrey who's like you know has a perspective from europe being a french citizen as well right and exactly now living in the living in the u.s and also working the international nonprofit organization. So I feel like immigration or race, you know, this is like something that is a very strong and very no-brainer topic for our first for our first podcast. So I want to start off the conversation that today, while I was eating my lunch dinner, I don't know, I eat once a day sometimes. It's probably today again. I uh, I was I guess I think that's a good way to lose weight. But uh, sitting today uh, during my no, Apparently it is. According to it some is? People. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I ate at 4 p.m. Like my first and probably last meal. Yeah. So, yeah. So while I was doing that, uh, I was I was looking at Twitter while I was waiting on my uh, I was waiting on my food and you know I get notifications. By the way, the president during this time is President Donald Trump. I'm not sure how he will he he be talked about in the future years in history, but he is the current president, a former reality TV show and CEO of real estate corporations and bankrupt casinos and owner of Miss Universe. <laughs> but yeah, so this guy, he tweets a lot, you know, our current president, and one guy tweeted back. I was just looking at the replies. I don't really read much of his tweet. I look more in the replies to see, like, the reaction. There's a gather, a data gathering, in my opinion, to look at more perspectives. And I saw this guy tweet where, like, Mr. President, please approve the J-1 visas of my... Uh, my students from they're from Brazil because it's their dream to visit the United States, and then you know it was, well, you know he's probably they're probably applying for that visa, so it's probably like still pending on USCIS, the United States Immigration and uh, Custom Inf- uh, Services Citizenship Services, and uh, one guy just commented he was like, we don't need more immigrants, a president hating immigrants, go back to your country, like the America is closed, we don't need you, so it's a very bigoted racist. Like tweet and when I kind of saw it, it made me realize two things. First, a lot of Americans don't know much about our immigration system because the visa they're applying, J-1 visa, is not an immigration visa. It's a 
it's student exchange program. The kids are gonna be here first semester and then they come back to Brazil, you know? So that's kind of like the situation there. And this, this guy thought it's like an immigration thing, you know, like they're gonna be immigrants. And then secondly, you know, despite of all of the problems, you know, here in the US, you know, the pandemic, you know, a lot of social issues, it's still, we're still children out there who have the American dream. You know, it's their dream to come to this country. And for me, I, I was that child. I was somebody who had the American dream. But now that I'm here, it's made me realize, like, the children still wish that? And apparently, it's still a thing. So now I just want to open up the conversation with that and open up to Ricardo and Audrey and see what they think of the matter. Um, I think that's it's. So I a lot of things come to mind when I hear something like that. Um, cause you got to think about it when we're talking about these places in like Brazil and like where you, cause obviously America is a dream because it's a much like wealthier place. It's, it's better than where you're at. Right. That was like a big thing. That was a big draw. America is always going to be better than where I'm at. So, you know, anything that's better than where they're at, I can see them like being desperate. I'm not gonna say desperate, but being excited to come to America, um, because they're like, it's, it's better than this. And obviously, you know, and you can talk more about this, but and I'm really curious how it is now. But America's always in foreign countries is typically seen in like a good in a good light. Um, I remember you were talking about how you when you uh, before you moved in, you had all these kind of fantasies on how America was only to find out it was like completely different. And I'm not saying that they'll find this to be the case. They may love it. Uh, for what it is or for whatever they visit but that was kind of like a big draw getting out of there right like you want to be out of the philippines because you knew it was better here so i don't know i think i think that's a big part of it though right yeah i just think that you know um the united states offers so many opportunities that's uh i mean for me for example um i was looking for a job for a while in france for like several months. Um, and at, there was a point where I was like, I, you know, there's just no way I can keep this up. And mm. when I moved here, I found a job in a week. Like that's just to give you kind of an idea of, uh, at least before the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how things are now. Probably not be as great now. Yeah. I, remember Sancho, I remember when Sancho told me that and we were like, holy crap. Like when, because uh, when he told me you were moving back to America to, to to pursue some opportunities out here, and I was like, "Holy shit! It only took a week. That's amazing." Yeah, I mean, I yeah, shocked. I took. Yeah, it just shows how many opportunities there are here. I think. Yeah, I mean that's, that's why our parents. That's why we come here, though. I mean that's why my parents immigrated. They knew they had a better chance here. They worked like shit. I it was so crazy. Um, kind of hearing them when they first talked about it they worked everything they could they uh my mom she i remember she was like i don't even remember how many years i worked at mcdonald's before i could finally leave it uh my dad was trying to find work wherever he could right he didn't really have like much skills that, he could, that could translate over here in terms of like hopping into just anything so he did like a lot of like just finding whatever he could until they finally like saved up enough to to start making actual investments in, in things and stuff like that so that's why they love this country because they, they were able to build themselves up from from pretty much nothing yeah that is true i mean for me coming from you know like i have that journey from 2009 to now 2020 that's 11 years and i and i want to bring up like a psychological uh, aspect to it i'm not a psychologist i'm not an expert but i've taken psychological classes and it is something that i act i'm very interested in about psychology and it's really crazy how, like, for me, at least, when I first moved here in the U.S., I was taking pictures of parking lots. I was like, wow, parking lots. I get super excited whenever we have to go to the groceries. Why? I mean, because it's, it's America. Like, you know what I mean? Like, every single molecule here, every single cell, every single experience is a precious experience. You know, because, like, you know, like, now I'm year 11. So, but when I was on, like, day one, day two... It's it's like being on a vacation, you know. It's like it's still like oh, I'm still they're still not home. I'm still on vacation. So it's like everything that I'm seeing, like just the fact that the groceries here are like they have bigger oranges 
they have bigger bananas. You know what I mean? Like, the, it's cleaner, it's more organized, they have these machines that can scan really quickly. You know what I mean? Like, just those, just yeah. this, this a higher standard. Like, like I always say, and there's a common belief in saying and, and perspective in a lot of Filipinos, it's like, like a regular middle class person's life here in the US is like a rich person's life in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you know when you go to like your rich friend's big mansion and like we were like, oh wow, this is like a great you know what I mean? Like you want to sink into that experience. That was me. Like that that grocery is like when we went to the gym here, like it was like a regular gym for Americans, but this is like a rich person's gym for me. Like just the fact that you have a swimming pool, that's like a big deal. You know, only like rich people in the Philippines, at least in my experience, were have access to that. You know, you have a basketball court. Like the gyms that I went to in the Philippines, they just have weights. That's it. No basketball courts, no running tracks, no uh, no swimming pools, no tennis courts. You know, but here, like, you know. Yeah, so that was crazy. And then now, like year two, year three, year four, and now I'm year 11. And I just feel so numb now. So there's like sometimes there's a part of me who want to come back. At least psychologically, like I want, I want that innocence again, you know, because like before, all of this American stuff are not normal. They're like luxury to me, but yeah. now I've been here for 11 years. They're normal now, you know. It's yeah. like, it's it's and it's crazy because like back then I can always go back to Manila and go back to my life there. Now I go back to Manila and go back to my life there, and it's gonna be like a nightmare, you know. Just mm-hmm. the fact that there's no like hot and cold shower, like you know, there's a standard yeah. of living. Yeah. You know, like the you know the oranges are gonna be smaller again. <laughs> so, so I think I think it's something psychological. And I, another thing I was thinking about in my perspective is Hollywood. You know, so it's like a dual prong approach. Like, don't get me wrong. I think that kid, those kids in Brazil, including past Sancho, their dreams are valid. But a lot of our dreams are based on on fantasy, which yeah. is on Hollywood. You know, like I would watch like the Avengers or like Jason Bourne movies or Mission Impossible, you know, and then Spider-Man. I was like, oh, wow, so New York's like that. That's, you know, but it's, we, we fail to reali- realize that this is all, like, creative, creative licenses. Like, this is, it's not like a Hollywood writer looks at New York and, like, copies it, you know, like, frame mm-hmm. by frame, you know. Yeah, so I think those are a couple of things that makes it. But what really baffles me, and maybe you can talk about this more, like, Ricardo, since you were, like, born and raised here, like, it baffles me how a lot of Americans are like just so ignorant of the immigration system. Like, you know, like go back in line, you know, stuff like like they would just have their opi- like, you know, the guy who tweeted to that, like they would just they would rather have their opinions first than learn about it. Yeah. I I mean, I this is what I can speak for. It's not my reality. So why would I need to learn about it? Right. I mean, that's my perspective. That's why I don't know anything about. And I mean, the only the if my mom, if I wasn't because I was uh, I'll still vividly remember um, working with my mom to get her citizenship, like her test and everything like that. So I understand based on that experience how much work it took to become even a citizen. So I that's the slight experience I've ever had into the immigration process that obviously is a lengthy thing. But anything other than that, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not even gonna, I don't, I don't see a point of mentioning words. I didn't really give a shit. I didn't think about it. It wasn't something I researched. It wasn't something that ever came across my mind because I'm already here. Why do I need to know how to get here? So, um, and I'll raise this question to you when I'm done, but I think that's a big part of it. It's not something that they need to think about. It's not something they need to worry about. So, you know, why, so why would they be, I guess, incredibly educated on a process? Um, I mean, I, I remember seeing these conversations when I was younger, too, when the DACA thing was was, was yeah, that, that, that was a big on the news. Point. And the big thing I always saw um, when I was still on Facebook was they should just do it legally or whatever. They should have just came here legally um, and stuff like that. Just wait in line like everyone else and stuff like that. And, I mean, I it, it's funny because... Like I said, it's it's ignorant based on the fact that we don't. I I believe it's it's a lot of just lack of lack of caring. There's no need to know about it, and they don't really care about it. But what I always thought was interesting was kind of the coldness to it, because I experienced. I I had these same feelings where it's like I read these things, and I'm like, and like I see people give stories, right? Like uh, 
I, I don't I don't can't remember the detail. I, I I remember some details of this Facebook post, but someone's like I was I've been doing this for ten years. I'm still waiting. I've been here for forever. Um, and I don't think I'm gonna get in. They're gonna send me back or something. And it's it's just been a hellish process or something to that effect. When they're talking about the immigration process and the fact that they were being sent back to their country, and there was somebody like, yeah, well, whatever. Like their basic attitude was, I don't really care. Um, you should have uh, uh, figure it out. Go to go into the line again or whatever. That was like the basic, like gist of their response. And that was the thing that kind of got me. It was like, shit. I wonder if this coldness is like widespread, or if it's um, kind of something that I just saw. I don't know if you guys. First of all, so have you guys ever experienced that? Like when people talk about immigration, there's that kind of coldness that uh, I really don't give a shit about it. And um, in Sancho, you're from the Philippines. How much did you know about what it took to immigrate into the Philippines when you were there? Because I'm wondering, like, when you're native to a country, right? Like, who? What? That would never cross your mind, right? So you can, it can be something that's forgiven. I mean, you have a history in immigration, so maybe you're not the best person to ask. But I'm curious about that. I'm curious about that for you too, Audrey. Because um, I know, were you born in France, or were were you oh. born here and you lived there? Well. My, like, I'm, I was actually born here, so I've been uh, an American citizen my whole life. Okay. The only thing is that, you know, I lived overseas. So, yeah. I mean, you know, that's that doesn't really have anything to do with immigration, except that I kind of experienced the, you know, being living in a foreign country for so long and then coming here and having to get used to a lot of things, you know, the, the culture, how things work, um, so I, I have that aspect of it. But in terms of the immigration process, that's something I did not have to go through. And I know that, you know, Sancho has been in the U.S. for 11 years and it was probably a very long process. So I would be curious to know more about that, too. Um, like, what was your experience like and how does it feel now that you're an American citizen? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very, uh, I mean, it is a long process and I'm, I'm not sure, you know, I, I'm willing to, like, share a lot more details to it, but it's... Maybe I will. I mean, we have time, but it's but back to your question, Ricardo, in the beginning about the immigration process in the Philippines. We didn't. Like, it's did kinda, you make, did you, were you knowledgeable? Did you ever yeah. think to I need this is something I need to know or research? It's completely different because no one really migrates to the Philippines. I mean, the, yeah. yeah, it's 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 not like a, like first and foremost, the rule of law here and the rule of law back then is not. Is, is different like here it's a lot more consistently followed in the philippines it's more like this is what the law says but it's not really like what it says it's more like who has the money or is the power you know but i mean i can't really speak that much because like i said i was 17 when i left so i wasn't much of an adult yet but based on what i know you know when i left is in the philippines we have the main immigrants in the philippines are and they're not even immigrants they're like they're Koreans and they come to the Philippines to like learn English so they can trade with the U.S., you know, basically. <laughs> so that's 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 all I know. And it's like it's different because here we're, there's so many people, so many demands, so many people want to come here. And, and I guess we're kind of like limiting it in the Philippines. It's more like we no one wants to come here. Like, I mean, a lot of people do. A lot of people want to come there to uh, to go to the beaches, but like not not to live there, not to, to migrate. You know, so we don't really, it's not really much on the forefront. Like, from what I'm hearing now, there's, like, uh, issues with, like, Chinese immigrants because of, like, you know, and it's a government kind of, like, giving them special privileges. And they're not even immigrants. They're just, like, workers. Because I think, like, they have, like, uh, in China, like, gambling is illegal. Like, don't quote me on this. Uh, I wasn't, I'm not, you know, I'm not, like, an expert in this. But that's kind of what I'm hearing. And so they're going to the Philippines to, to do their gambling businesses and, you know, our president Duterte is kind of like they're not paying taxes. They're giving them special exemptions, you know, like, but I'm that. But let's not talk. But basically, my main point is I don't think it's much of a, a issue in the Philippines just because there's no issue. You know, it's it's not like there's a long line of people who wants to live in the Philippines. You know, what I mean, so it's not that's that's not it's not even a thing. I think the immig immigration issue is a very unique American problem 
because everybody, everybody wanted what comes here. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like Canada's even like remember if you remember one of my friend in a in our Zoom parties, he was he got an email from Canada asking him to come there. So you know so other people other countries want people to come there because they don't yeah. have demand. So it's a reverse problem. Yeah. And you know it's it's like think of like the US as like a restaurant that's so full. You know, like they can't sit people anymore. So they gotta like deny people for like sitting. Mm-hmm. Where like all these other countries, like you know, their restaurants and they're like they're they're empty. So like come join us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that I think that's yeah, but anyway, but back if you wanna know Audrey with my immigration uh, immigration journey. So I kinda started in the Philippines, you know, coming here. I kinda started with like a student, you know, I was that's why like the student visa revocation really like uh, hit me because I, I was, you know, I was a student uh, status, and then from a uh, student status, you know, I, I kind of like moved to green card, and it's because of like I was adopted because you know my mom passed away when I was really young, so my aunt kind of adopted me, and she gave me that opportunity. But in order for like, uh, you know, normally, if, like for example, you Audrey, like you have a daughter, let's say born in France, and they want to migrate to to the U.S., you can petition them, and they will get their green card, right? And it's gonna be straightforward. But the issue with adoption, there's a rule where you need to live together for two years. So I actually, I actually came here in 06. That was the first step. Was coming here in 06. I was here for vacation. But while I was vacationing, my aunt also adopted me. Yes, yeah, so in 06 I was adopted because you know my my mom passed away when I was seven. In 1999. So when I was adopted, uh. The rule is you need to live together in one roof for two years before you can start uh, even doing the petition. So, you know, my aunt hired a lawyer and they had like a game plan. So I come here, you know, and because my aunt can go to the Philippines, she's working here in the U.S. So I come here. But while I'm here, we need to get the two years. So in order to to stay here for two years legally, that's why we had that, that student visa plans, the student status, the F1 status, which makes sense because I was still a student. That was in I was in college, you know. So I was I was in uh, college for a while. There's a lot more <laughs> little specifics. I was out of status for a while too. There's a lot more specifics. I don't want to like th- talk about those things here. Yeah, let's this uh, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but the the main point Not is. But well, my point is, I experienced being undocumented as well, and I had to fight getting that getting that so I was student status I lost my student status and I fought to get that student status back and right. then eventually uh, after that two years you know my we filed the petition and then yeah I finally got my green card and then like five years later I applied for citizenship and then yeah now I'm here U.S. citizen so I'm, as, I'm of one, when? as of when as of uh last month 23rd one June month. 2020 yeah, but it was. I'm one of the lucky ones. I mean, it's you can see it at both ways. Like I'm lucky and unlucky. Where like that's why I have a really strong faith in like God's will and God and everything. And it's it. I can see it in my life because it's like, even though I was a kid, I wanted to be in the U.S. But I love my mom, you know. But like, my mom passing away kind of like made made. If my mom's still alive, I won't be here. I'm in the Philippines with her. You know what I mean? So it's like my mom passing away kind of like made this opportunity possible so like for a lot of americans like it's not that simple like each each country is has its own agreement with the u.s so for the philippines the only way you can come here in the u.s is either you get petitioned like me petitioned by your by your parents so there's something called child i I benefited in the child status protection act if you're petitioned by u.s citizen before you're age 21 it's going to be fast, like with me, right? It, the, the petition took around six months for me. But if, you, if you're if you petitioning, let's say, let's say Audrey again, I keep using you as an example. <laughs> let's say your, your kid is already like 25 and then you petition them, right? So the petition will be approved, right? Let's say it's approved, yeah? So you have the petition, let's say approved today at 2020. So now your, your daughter in France have to wait for the visa. So the approved petition goes from the USCIS to the NVC, National Visa Center. And in the National Visa Center, that's where you fall in line. So you got to look at the, the, the priority dates. So you got to wait till like the priority date is like 7-25-2020 until your daughter gets a green uh, a visa and then come here, right? So okay. um, I don't know the exact priority dates now. I can Google it, but I'm telling you like it's, it's by category and it, we're still in the 90s. So people who has like approved petition from like 1999, 
that's when they can come here now. <laughs> you know, that's why I say it's like 20, it takes 20 years, 30 years. And it's different it, different by country, different by category. So like, in the, you know, in Mexico, like they're probably still in the 80s. You know, so there's there's so many stories where like, oh, they're, now their priority date come in, but they, they the person died 10 years ago. <laughs> so, you know, so it's 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 really it's really crazy. That's why I, I'm really one of the lucky ones because you can you can petition anyone. You can petition your your brother, and that the brother takes longer. They're probably you know, and it depends in the country too. Philip like Mexico is probably the longest. Philippines is one of the longest too. And then aside from that, you can petition through work. Or, you know, or you can get married, you know, when you get married, that's a little bit faster because with spouses, there's really no like priority date and all that stuff. It's more like it's, it's a lot faster. Yeah, like the, the priority dates normally are for siblings or parents or like your kids over 21. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah and then work when you work and then with the work, like, you know, and then Trump just cut the H1B. So bye bye work visas. So, you know, so if that's like. That's basically it. That's that's the only way for you to migrate to the U.S. if you're a if you're a Filipino. Like mm-hmm. other countries have a lottery visa, where like they they kind of like just you know it's application and they they select like out like let's say in Ghana, in like a hundred million population country they're gonna select like fifty people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they have lottery visa. So th- those countries that has lottery visas, those are countries that doesn't. They don't have a lot of like, you know, they do it for to increase diversity. So they don't have a lot of like demographics and like Filipinos are probably like the fourth or fifth highest minority in the U.S. So we don't we don't need more Filipinos. <laughs> so that so I can't speak for other countries. You know, probably it's it's other countries are probably like more lighter. But for us, for my country, it's it's really like that. So I'm really it's really. It's really luck, you know, and or blessing or like whatever you call it, you know, for me to to get the citizenship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to clarify, I don't really have a daughter in France. <laughs> I feel like that's important. <laughs> it's hypothetical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it is a, a really complicated process, and you know, that's something I I don't know a lot about. I don't know enough about, and you know, that's something you were saying before. I think the average American just doesn't have a clue of what people go through during that process. I think if if people are getting, you know, if they're listening to this podcast, if they're learning something from this, it should be that, you know, it's like, it's, it is, uh, you know, it is very complicated. It's not as simple as, uh, you know, stay, fall in line, or, I mean, they're technically falling in line, but there's a 30 year, 30 year line. Question. Um, What do you think, because you and I are both citizens by birth, um, so we've been here long enough. Sancho, you're, you've kind of become jaded to the image of America. So it's it's not this fairy tale wonderland anymore. But what I'm curious about, because I, I know some people who are dead set on getting out of this country. Dead set. They want to get out. I'm not going to go into details of who they are or anything like that. But in their mind, they're going, this is not where I can raise my kid. They're, they're working to have a kid. Yeah. In the very near future. And uh, they have, like, they want to go to Japan. They, they're looking into just being able to get there. Or if not, um, they want to they wanna, uh, go somewhere else. But I'm not certain where they're exactly they're going to end up, if anywhere. But they are dead set on leaving. So what I'm curious about, because I thought about this, because uh, we were discussing, like, why they, you know, why this came about. But would, would America hit a point for you guys where you're like, fuck this, it's time to bounce like forever i don't know it's kind of hard to say because that you are uprooting your whole life or at least i would be my parents live here and everything like that so it's probably something i wouldn't even consider until you know until after they passed away but what could that happen do you think do you think do you think there's a point because i remember reading people when trump got voted in canada's I think immigration, like, application, it crashed because so many people were like, yo, let's go to Canada while we wait this shit out. I, I, I remember reading that, like, uh, celebrities, they were moving to their uh, to their foreign, like, houses or whatnot to just stay there for the time being. It was interesting, uh, the reaction to his to when he became president. But I'm curious, is there – would America get to that point? Or and if, if you – I don't even know if you ever thought of that. But I mean – Go ahead, Audrey. You can go first. My my question would be, um, first of all, how many people actually went through with it? Oh, I have none. <laughs> you know, 
Yeah. And then, I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are the reasons, you know? I mean, if you know some people who really are looking into leaving, can you maybe talk about the reasons why? Because I assume there ha- there has to be several reasons why. Audrey, I got no idea. <laughs> I personally have no idea. I'm not close enough with these people to have pulled them aside and go, talk to me. Talk to me. Why are you guys getting <laughs> out of here? Um, but I, I don't know. but I'd be curious they, to know, honestly. They what The, the indication, or, or what I'm getting from them, is that they don't believe America is suitable to raise a kid. Mm-hmm. That the concern is their kid and having him or her in an environment that um, that they think they can thrive in. And America doesn't seem to be that. I'm not really certain how they came to this conclusion, so I can't really tell you that. But I mean, based on our conversations, that's the uh, the message I'm getting. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of see where they're coming from. I think. I mean, I kind of had that feeling because, like, for me at least. You know, for raising a kid, you know, going go that narrow example. Like, don't get me wrong, this country's great and everything, but I feel like I had like the best case scenario. Like, if I would rather be born in the Philippines and then like, like how do you say this? Like, I had the best case scenario where like I was born in the Philippines. I did my high school, my elementary school in the Philippines, and then I did my, uh, you know, and then I did my college here. I think that was the best case scenario, right? Because because here's here's how I see it. Like, you know, I mean. Just looking at TikTok or something, you know, like, don't get me wrong. Like, and I, that was like something that we look from afar when I was living in the Philippines. Culturally and morality, it's not so good here to raise a kid. Like, it's just like, you know, I mean, I would I would hear people like, you know, like people sleeping around in middle school. Like, I would hear stories like that. Like, well, first and foremost, we didn't have middle school in the Philippines growing up. But even when we were in high school, we're like, you know, like there's one girl who we heard had sex once with his boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And then she became like the biggest scandal of the century. Yeah. And this is senior year. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like for, for us in the Philippines, it's like, you know, I mean, very Catholic country, you know what I mean? Like very like, a, you know, I don't know, it might change now in 2020, but, you know, like 2005, you know, when I was like in high school growing up, you know, having like some Catholic education, Philippine education, it's just like, it's like, to be honest, I would rather have my kids do that. I would rather, have, if it's only possible, I would have my kids grow up in the Philippines, you know? Or even, like, you know, with my undisclosed girlfriend, I'm not going to say her name, but, you know, in Mexico, if they're going to live there, you know, if that's it. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather have my children experience what I experienced growing up because, like, all of those things that I experienced growing up kind of made me who I am and made me stronger. Like, I'm always a big believer that if, if you're used to, like, suffering or poverty or, like, not even poverty, just, like, simple living, like, it's, you know, or, like, just the morality, you know what I mean? Like, just the upbringing, the community that I experienced growing up. Because I feel like here, it's, like, it's it's just much more, uh, it comes with, uh, it's kind of like a correlation between, like, higher standard of living and, like, morality. Well, I'll give an example, like, how... You know, here in the U.S., we can buy anything we want. We can do whatever we want. You know, we're always on social media. We're posting this, posting that. You know, I feel like it's the it's been very like artificialized. Like everything is so artificialized. Everything is so like. There's the culture. Maybe well, that's the bottom line. The culture is different. Hearing, I, was, I remember hearing. And sorry to overtalk you. I, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll I'll get back to what you're saying. But I think uh, kind of the. The best thing I've ever heard to um, talk about that or to kind of cement that point about how everything's kind of artificial is everyone – I can't remember exactly how this guy says, so it's not going to be verbatim. But what he said was everyone's more focused on their social media life than they are their real mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Um, there's there's the, the – obviously, like, people posting images. It's always – here's what's always interesting to me. When, it, when you're at a club or when you're in a, a social event in general, clubs clubs are the most interesting to me. Because I don't understand why you want to take photos in clubs. Like, it's just so – it's jarring for everyone (laughs) nearby to see this bright light on just because you want to take a photo to show you go out. But whatever, it is what it is. Clubs are the worst. (laughs) It is – yeah, exactly. It is what it is. But I think it's so interesting. Have you – have you? and this is going to sound fucking creepy, but I'm going to go with it. Um, Have you ever seen people just taking photos of themselves, like, or in that process? And, like, the scramble to look good, the scramble to – get the biggest smile on their face to have the uh 
Like, it's always interesting because, like, if, if I'm at a bar, they always got their drinks up or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, even if they're not holding it normally, they'll pick it up and hold it in front of them for for their photos. And I always laugh at that when I'm sitting there watching people try to take photos because they're trying to insinuate that they're having the best time in a club. Um, when they're actually taking photos of, of When themselves. they're just taking photos of a good time and then you go yeah. back to, yeah. like, uh, like, a regular. They're just like, okay, now, 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 now that we're done with this, I guess I don't really know what to do next. Like, it's, <laughs> I always think it's funny. I, I, I watched that happen when I was going to clubs pre-COVID, and uh, it's something that always made me laugh. Yeah, I mean, thinking back of what I said earlier, I think grow, my, I would have my kid not really grow up in the Philippines, more like have a time machine and go back to like where I grew up in. Because like I think the Philippines is like that now too. Like I would have my fra- you know my friends in the Philippines, and they're posting a lot on TikTok and social media, all those things. And it's it's really like, Times have changed. It's it's tech. It's a technology is a double-edged sword. Yeah. You know, so it's it's gonna be hard to raise a kid. But you know, it's it's like that's the thing. It's really easy. Like with your friends saying to like, I'm moving out somewhere. You know, it's the same way as moving a company. Like I'm I'm gonna resign. I don't like this anymore. Well, let's. What are like ten things you like with this company? Well, I like 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 this. Well, if you move to that company, you're gonna lose all of those ten things. You know, it's the same thing yeah. with the country, right? Like that, yeah. for your friend, that, like, okay, I'm going to move to Japan. Yeah, but, you know, like, you know, in Japan, like, a lot of the cops there are, like, super, uh, much more stricter. And they're not even all about justice. They're all about efficiency. Well, they're going to put you to jail yeah. just even though you're not, uh, you're not you're guilty, you know. It's I mean, just that's the thing, time. is that there's no perfect place, you know. You yeah. can go wherever, you know, you'll never find the perfect place for you. I mean, and there are so many factors, too, to the question you asked. I mean, you know, there's the education factor, um, you know, safety, you know, with so many school shootings happening in this country, you know, that's also something to consider. Um, But that doesn't mean that any other place is going to be better. I mean, there's always something that isn't right or Mm -hmm. uh, you you might gain something, but you lose something. Right. Exactly. So I don't know. But I mean, it's what do you what would would you guys get to a point though where you're like, all right, I'm out. It's time to go. Um, I guess I just got here, so I don't. <laughs> Same <laughs> no, <right>? for me. <laughs> you're, you're the one who's been here for a while, but I probably. I can't imagine. I can't yeah. imagine going anywhere. I can't. Like you said, Audrey, we could. We could. You could. Fucking. I don't know. Think of some European country that sounds beautiful, and you could get hit by a car the next day, right? And then boom, now yeah. it's your awful experience. Well, like, here's the thing. Like, like, example, have a, like it, you know it, what? What certainly doesn't guarantee a great living experience. What? Sorry. Well, one of those quotation mark perfect countries is Switzerland. And, you know, my ex-girlfriend actually lived there for a couple of years. And don't get me wrong, it's great, you know, like us as advertised, free healthcare, you know, wonderful, all wonderful everything. But then when I was talking about it with her when we were together, she was saying that it's, it's boring AF. <laughs> That is, you know what what yeah. what's funny is that as soon as you said Switzerland, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. I thought boring. Really? <laughs> yeah, because you know, cause, cause cause there's look, like nothing to do. Well, yeah, like look at all this like politicians or a lot of like people in the public scene. They keep trying to aim for those Scandinavian countries, you know. But then try living there, you know. Like my friend, like I said, my my friend, my ex girlfriend, like she lived there for two years. You know, she she didn't just visit for a month. She was there. She was a, like. You know, she was embedded in the culture, and she said she'll love it much better living here when we met here, cause it's, it's just boring. Like, yeah, you get get free healthcare. You might. That's how I feel with Canada too. What does boring I mean? mean? I can't. I can't. I can't just accept the word boring. What does boring mean? There's just no. Yeah, like, pick up a hobby, play video games. Like, you can't, there's like. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, I'll give an example. Like, we don't really yeah. get that much, cause we're in DC. Like, you know, there's so many events here, so many networking events in the mall, National Mall. You know, there's so much activity, and then you go there, and it's like there's no happenings. You, you look well, at I mean, you look at the water, and like. Good. Let's, Let's be fair. Know. Let's be fair know. because Switzerland is a big country, and there are a lot of different places. Um, the thing is, Switzerland just has this stereotype of, you yeah. know, going skiing, hiking, yeah. visiting lakes, you know, and not really like a vibrant, I don't like know, lifestyle. Person. And it really depends on the person, you know. Like, I mean, for me, like, I'm just talking, I'm not trashing Switzerland or anything, you know. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, it is, it is. Uh, I would prefer living here because of the activity. 
you know, like there's there's so much things to do. I mean, you know, I mean, the three of us went to a lot of things. Go, you know, we went to a lot of events, and you know, just the fact that just the fact that the NBA is here, like that's sold for me. I can watch the, like all these NBA games. I can watch NFL. You know, I think that's for me. That's like a biggest one of the biggest factor is sports. You know, and also just the fact that here in the U.S. you can say whatever you want and you know, there's something called the First Amendment that will protect you. Like, that doesn't exist in other countries. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's really, like, and here's another thing I want to, like, add to this podcast is, like, a lot of people are depressed or disenfranchised with all of the, all this commotion, you know, the Black Lives Matter, all this race, social movements. I'm actually, I see it as a good thing. Because, like, the way I see it is, like, this is the country correcting itself. I see it as, as a very strong asset of a country. Like, you know, I have friends in the Philippines posting about it in Facebook. So they're like, oh, I wish, you know, they're very envious of us. Like, we, I wish these things happened in the Philippines where, like, you know, like we would have rallies and then mayors would change something. You know, like the government will act. Like, you know, when we had that protest against, like, the DACA, the, 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 like the international student program, mm. the government listened and they, they rescinded that. That doesn't happen to a lot of countries, you know, and just right. the fact that you know, like when we when they had that Sonic the Hedgehog trailer, and we all like a lot of people protested, and the you know it's not government, but you know the studio changed the the design of Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, that, that and just the fact that like a lot like trust me, like I've been you know I told you I've been Canada multiple times. First time I went to Canada, I mean, at first time, like one time I was in the hotel, I was watching for Canadian news. Whenever I visited a different country or a different state or a different city, I always watch the news. I want to see what's happening in the in the local news. And uh, and yeah, I get you. yeah, and, and when I was watching news in Canada, I was like, it's all American news, you know. Mm-hmm. And same same in the Philippines. When at least the Philippines will have Philippine news, then like, uh, you know, then uh. American news, but basically my point when did we is become so the whole the whole the whole hold world on, watches on. us. I'm curious about that. When did we become so interesting, right? To the sorry, yeah. I thought I was I, sorry. Anyways, uh, when did we become so interesting to everyone? I mean, looking at history, I'll say after World War Two, right? Because after World War Two, it was like the That's Cold War, you know. No, I'm talking about from like this fantasy, right? Where we're on everyone's TV, everyone cares about what the what we're doing. Yeah, probably in World War Two, because like I actually gave a speech and like I wrote a paper about the U.S. You know, the U.S. back in uh, my English class ten ten years ago, and uh, basically the U.S. power is three different powers. It is military power, which is obvious, those aircraft carriers and nukes, and then soft power, which is the you know money in the soft power that Trump is trying to reduce a lot. You know, like money in World Bank, money you know engagement in WHO. You know, that's soft power. That's the, what Trump is doing with his isolation is, is reducing that soft power, like economic power, you know. like uh, And then the third one is popular culture. That, like yeah. that is something that China is actually trying to do right now. They're trying to get their popular culture. You know what I mean? Like they envy us. Like they might beat us in soft power with their economy, economics. But like, you know, like the world loves, they love um, Hollywood movies. You know, they yeah. love. They love how I met your mother, the office, their friends. <laughs> you know, like it, it, it is it is a, it is propaganda. I mean, I'm a victim of that propaganda. That's why I wanted to come here because I watched Independence Day like a million times when I was a kid, and I wanted to be a fighter pilot and shoot up some aliens. So yeah. I was gonna say, like, let's be real. I don't care. I don't care about what's going on in 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 England, right? Mm-hmm. I don't look yeah. up England news. I don't think we see news on England unless you know it was a European oh, yeah. type shit. But like. I mean, we're, we 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 li- we look at a lot of their media, but we don't. Is England in our news stations, right? Is that something that's discussed? When, I guess when there's a royal wedding or something. Yeah, <laughs> wedding, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like, we, you know, we don't really give a shit about them now, like, or what's going on over there. But a I mean, lot Brexit of people. Brexit was pretty big, them. you know. That I think that's like the one thing that we heard about was Brexit. Yeah. Everything else, I don't even remember. I don't even know the full name of their prime minister. I just remember his name is Boris, and he has goofy hair. <laughs> and I don't even know if I got that name. You know, so. Yeah, Boris Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Boris Johnson, okay. Oh, it's not Theresa May anymore? Oh, that's a, she resigned, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago. 
Yeah, see, I don't, not even a, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I know this because I was in Europe. See? Yeah, I mean, if, if that's really like the main thing for me, that's why, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to come here. You know, I would watch like news, you know, I would watch. I remember when I was in the Philippines, I mean, this might sound bad to a lot of SJWs and liberals, but when I was in the Philippines, I was watching the Iraq war and I was loving it. It's like, oh, a Tomahawk missile launched, you know, and I was like, I, I see it like as a, as a game. It's like I'm rooting for the U.S. to destroy Iraq, you know, like to topple Saddam Hussein. I mean, I was like, what? I I, I was like, like eight, eight, nine, ten years old. Yeah, I love StarCraft. Really I, I, I love war games you know so I, I was i was i was just glued on the tv i was watching because the philippines are like covering it and that was so funny because the philippines are so proud because we actually send like nurses and doctors there so we have like the medics are like filipinos you know so we're like yeah we, we got we have country we, we have contribution you know just the, you know just when they like they started from like the gulf you know like from those aircraft carriers they were launching the missiles when they start doing the land invasion you know, until they finally reached Baghdad, you know, they were like, it's in the Philippines, they covered it 24-7, they were showing, like, how many died, what are the battles, like, I followed that, and I just looked at that, and I was like, wow, like, I was just rooting for the U.S., you know, it's like, I mean, it is propaganda, you know, but it is, it is like a way of life, too, you know, it it is crazy, because, like, I'd rather, I mean, you gotta choose a side at the end of the day, like, I'd rather, like, you know, I'd rather just live this, this, you know, this propaganda, this U.S., you know, like life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, all this stuff, all these values, you know, that is embedded in me is part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And I think rationally is actually a great system. You know, while a lot of people might disagree with it, I think it's I mean, based on the alternatives, which is like communism, right, or socialism. You know, I mean, the U.S. is kind of socialism, too. It's a mix of socialists and capitalists, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like this is this is just the best place for me, the best place in the world. Yeah. You know, and that, that's that's one of the reasons why I, you know, it's my American dream. I'm living now, migrating here and becoming a U.S. citizen. So. Yeah. I mean, every indication has been that uh, we may not have the best system, but we haven't found one that's better, right? So, I mean, that's, that's system, you know, <laughs> that, you know. No oh, place is perfect, yeah. as I said before. Yeah. 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 So. Um. So that's immigration. <laughs> so we just so, gotta. So like, we, we, we have solved immigration. Thank you for your time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. We where, talked about Switzerland where? was boring, so I guess so we checked that box. Well, according to my ex, like I, I can't. I'm not gonna claim <laughs> it unless I actually. I was but gonna it, say that's such a that's such a weird review of 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 was Switzerland yeah Switzerland um, Switzerland yeah 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 like, I, it's I don't know. is it like I I've never yeah I've never I've never even thought about I that mean, some people it really depends on you some people just want to like live a peaceful life by the mountains you know yeah, what I mean some some people great. Yeah. some I people want to be in the middle some people want to be in like the capital of like the U S and you know that's try true. to play politics and wanna like influence people sure. you know what i mean so it's really like you know like your your co-worker right ricardo mm-hmm. didn't you like move to australia or something or new zealand no i have no co-worker that moved to uh, you mean to colorado oh yeah colorado <laughs> but she lived in she lived in new zealand she Same lived thing. yeah she lived yeah new zealand yeah and then she australia? like when i was just talking to her she, she was yeah. just talking about how much she loves the mountains and love a peaceful yeah. life yeah. you know what i mean so someone like her would probably love switzerland you know yeah yeah. I mean, Switzerland is nice. You know, I've been to Switzerland for a week. Oh, you've been? It was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. is nice. Yeah. I bet, I bet you know? Yeah. Probably, but my, you know, well, probably if you live for two years, it's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It depends on I. Maybe I'll just say maybe. Well, we've never been there, so we could be dead off. There could be people from Switzerland. Yeah, yeah this place fucking sucks sometimes. <laughs> it might yeah. be the best place in the world, and we just don't know it. No. You know, yeah, but I, I think it's it's really a you know a person by person preference. Like mm-hmm. I I love this area. Like the reason I love like where I live right now. You know, living in Virginia, going to DC. You know, like having like basically like work in DC, party in DC, have all like the activities in DC, and then you can go to Virginia and hike. Like yeah. you know, like yeah, like just go in the mountains. I feel like that's for me. That's like that's amazing. That's a great. That's both worlds. Yeah, that's yeah. both worlds. That's why I, I love where we live right now. You know, like 
you know, one weekend you go hiking, next weekend you're in a club. How many areas in the world can you say that? Mm-hmm. Pretty amazing. You know, and then you see like, you know, the respected president Donald John Trump, you know, just right there. You can see him all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, wanna, you wanna like pay homage to his uh, orange greatness, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So how how's how do y'all think we did? Are we good? How's uh how's life? <laughs> we have <laughs> five minutes for this, one hour. Okay, episode. so this is this could be interesting because the we got five minutes or we we're probably about to wrap up soon. Yeah, uh, five minutes to wrap up. Five minutes. Yeah, I so I do kung fu, right? I don't know if you knew this, Audrey. Um, I do kung fu. And Sancho's known us, and we just started up, right? And I remember thinking, um, first of all, it was hell, because I'm totally out of shape, and we do it out in the sun, because we try to socially distance as best as we can, so it was hell. You just started this? Yeah, we just started it back up. Um, oh, okay. We just started it back up, and I'm, I'm uh, super out of shape for where I should be, so it's been it's been rough, but that's not the point. The point was, um, and maybe this could be something we discuss next time, but it could be the influx of talent that we're fortunate to have here. Because I, I think about it, right? Like, Kung Fu is here. Um, where else? Where else? How many other places are fortunate enough? Uh, probably everywhere. Let's be real. But how many places are fortunate enough to maybe have legit Kung Fu? Because the guy I learned from is from learned from somebody whose style is based out in, like, from 1900 like early 1900s like it's old it's not it's not this stuff you see on uh youtube when you see a guy who calls himself a martial arts master wave his arms in the air a couple times and it gets punched out by an mma guy it's actually like <laughs> it's actually like you know the stories he's told and and, and every indication is it's like it's legit um it's legit kung fu but i it, it how interesting is it that at, at least we're fortunate to have benefited from how many people brought in their knowledge into this country. I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons why it's so great. Because, like we say with Sweden, like, as great as it is, everyone wants to come here, which means we benefit from that. We benefit from that talent in terms of that intelligence and from that culture, which is what makes this place so much more interesting. Like, the fact that there's a Chinatown in D.C., like, how awesome is that? There's a place yeah. like... You know, like where these people can go to, and like in New York, you know, there are um, there there there's a Chinatown there, and there's uh different little pockets where like Italians will live, or I, you know, people will live and stuff like that. All these different kind of cultures. So I I think I don't know, I didn't really have a place I was going with with that. Now that I think about it, but I thought I was just thinking about how interesting is it that we have this influx of culture, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Because everyone wants to come here. That, that's why I don't I don't understand much how all these people are anti-immigration. Like, there's so much, like, there's so much, like, you know, they, they complain about jobs. Well, the immigrant can be a business owner and create more jobs. Checkmate, right? Like, it's, yeah. like, how, I just don't get it. Like, it, it's a stupid, very narrow-minded thinking that, oh, they're going to take all of our jobs. You know, they're all like, you know, they're, we don't have enough space. I've been on a plane over, you know, from DC to LA, San Francisco, back and forth. There's so much space here in this country. Yeah. You know, it's 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 really like, I mean, I I I'm I'm not for open borders and stuff like that, but I'm really for, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm for more like less strict of it. Like it, it immigration is good. It has to be like, you know, yes, we have to get people here, you know, because. These people are gonna contribute, you know. We want people who, who would love this country and like contribute to the economy and make, make, make this world a better place. And I think it's really, you just wrap it up. Like I think at the end of the day, I feel like the U.S. is not a country. It is an experiment. It's the U.S. experiment, right? It having a, having after so many different cultures and different peoples, like the three of us, one from France. You know, from here, from Hispanic parents and a Filipino, like we can start a podcast called Public Discourse. You know, I think that's a that's a really powerful thing, and that's what immigration does. You know, we all yeah. become friends and hang out, and we have 
we have Russian friends, right? That wonderful guy. <laughs> and, you know, Mexican, you know, from Middle East. But at the end of the day, yeah, I think that concludes our first episode for public discourse. And then we'll we'll probably have some guests next time. We'll see. All right. Guys, look forward to the second episode and feel free to comment, rate or subscribe <laughs> or follow. You know, we'll probably post this and uh, yeah, let us know if you want to contact us and we'll talk and have a discourse. Have a good night. Have a good day. Have a good afternoon, everyone. And remember to stay awesome. Have a good day. Bye.